0: Welcome to the Still Worthy Podcast, the safe and empowering haven for people like you and me, single, child-free women looking to embrace our unique path, celebrate our freedom and independence, and live our best, happiest, most fearless, fulfilling, and kick-ass life. This isn't just a podcast, it's a sisterhood, a circle of strength, unity, and support, and a celebration of women living on their own terms. In each episode, we dive into authentic conversations that matter to us, from living the single life to its fullest, to walking unapologetically in our child-free status, whether by choice, challenge, or circumstance. From defining our own version of success, happiness, and fulfillment, to walking confidently in our unique beauty and individual power, we shed light on the joy that comes from embracing the life we've chosen and the unique purpose we each carry. The goal? To live, love, and thrive joyfully right now versus waiting for happily ever after. I'm your host and sister friend, Sanja Lioness Mackey, here to guide you on this incredible journey that redefines womanhood and acknowledges your work, irrespective of your marital and family status. Let's get this party started. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Still Worthy, the gathering place for single child-free women and the people that support us and want to learn more about our lifestyle. Or perhaps women and men who may be married, who may have children, who just want to pick up some gems of empowerment and self-worth or learn how to thrive in their choices and create their most thrilling and fulfilling life. So today's episode is called The Fallacy of the Fairy Tale," And just like with episode two, where I set a foundation for the podcast by discussing why I choose to use the word child-free versus childless, this is going to be another foundational type episode. It explains a bit about not just my life and how I grew up, but how many women in a generation grew up. And I feel it's going to be more relevant and relatable to women like me who did not always know they would be single and child free. Women who growing up and for the better part of their life did, in fact, envision getting married and having children. So over the years, I've often felt like I was caught in the wrong generation. I call it the the what-the-hell generation because my mother's generation was the one before me where a woman got married and their primary responsibilities were in the home and in the family. Their roles were strictly gender-based. You know, men went to work and they provided for the family financially. They did the outside work, uh, you know, taking care of the yard, taking care of the vehicles. They doled out the tough discipline. You know, when mom said, oh, you just wait till your father gets home things like that. And the women did the inside work, cooking, cleaning, taking care of the children. And I feel like the generation after me was really where women said, no, we're doing things a bit differently. We're delaying marriage. We're having fewer children. We're not having children at all. We're prioritizing getting a higher education. We're becoming the CEOs of our own businesses. We're traveling the world. We are living our best lives. But my generation was the one caught in the middle, the what the hell generation, because it was where women like myself were starting to say, "Mm, you know, this whole setup isn't really working for me. But we didn't really have the institutions in place that we could lean on for that support as we were making those decisions and starting to move away from the way that things had been done. Case in point, I don't really cook. Never have. And at this point in my life, I probably never will. Now, don't get me wrong. I can whip up a little something, something in the kitchen. I am definitely not missing any meals. But would I call myself a cook? No. Do I like to cook? No. Do I want to cook? No. Do I cook for relationship partners? Mm -mm, No. But here I am in this sandwich generation, having seen my mother cook for my father for going on 56 years this coming September. And him doing things like just sitting there hungry, waiting on her to do something about his hunger because cooking was her domain. And I'm like, what in the entire hell? No, I'm I'm not doing that. But these changes, stepping outside of these traditional gender based roles and bucking the societal systems, you know, these things were new for my generation of women. And it wasn't even all women of my generation. It was just some of us that felt this way. Now, file that away in the back of your mind while I give you the other piece of the puzzle. Again, keeping in mind that I came from a family that was traditional uh, gender role based. So I and other young girls grew up playing with dolls, you know, playing house. The woman doll is cooking and cleaning and taking care of the kids. The man doll is going off to work because we're modeling what we see, right? What we see in real life. There was no... Girl doll that was traveling the world. There was no, you know, woman doll that was becoming a doctor or an astronaut. There was no man doll that was staying home and taking care of the kids. Um, there was no single parent woman or man doll doing that. Okay. Pretend life was mimicking real life and setting the foundation for the fairy tale. So as I grew up, This pretend or play model, if you will, was reinforced by certain things that were said and modeled, not just in my home, but also what we were hearing in church, what we were seeing and hearing in the community. It was reinforced all around us that there was a certain prescription for success, happiness, and fulfillment for women of my generation. And that formula was go to school, get a job, get a husband. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me change that. Because we were a God family, be found by a man. Okay. Because that's the Christian way, right? Be found. (laughs) Okay. Buy a house, have children, work 40 years. At some point during those 40 years, launch the kids out into the world as hopefully successful adults. Then you retire and then you enjoy whatever life you have left. That was the formula. That was the prescription. That was what a lot of young Christian women of my generation grew up believing. And let me add that the job part was really, you know, it wasn't even really about having a career or being the boss of your own company. It was more or less a means of sustaining yourself financially until Mr. Wright came along. Then the financial responsibility would fall on him as the man because he was the provider. That was his role. That was his responsibility. So now combine those two backdrops together for a scenario that was applicable for many women of my generation. Where we grew up believing in the traditional nuclear family. We were groomed for traditional gender roles. We grew up believing that a man was integral, no, no, not even just integral, crucial, critical (laughs) to the formula for success, happiness, and fulfillment, crucial and critical to the equation of you living your best life. I mean, his his participation, his presence was non-negotiable. There was no scenario that he was not a part of. There was no projected outcome that he was not considered to be a part of. We had literally been groomed for the fairy tale. But what happens when there's no happily ever after in the fairy tale? What happens when this knight that's supposed to ride in on the horse and save the day doesn't come? Because that's what happened for a lot of us of that generation. We were groomed with a certain expectation that did not happen. And see, nobody talked about that part. Nobody covered that part. Nobody prepared you for that part. So what did that look like for me? Well, through my mid-30s, I would say mid to late 30s, it was waiting for Mr. Wright to find me, right? Find me, okay? So we can begin this prescriptive life that I've been groomed for. Real life, a happy life, a fulfilling life. It all hinged on his arrival. It all hinged on him riding in on the horse and saving the day. That was how women of my generation grew up. Now, because I was one of those woke women from the what the hell generation, I was out there getting my master's degree, advancing in my career, traveling the world, having brunch with my girls, enjoying the freedom of having my house to myself. And when I wanted to date and get in relationships, I did that too. I got on dating apps. I went to dating mixers. I did that too. But I was out there living my best life. I wasn't waiting on the man, the knight to ride in on a horse and save the day. At least one part of me wasn't. But there was this other part of me that had been groomed by the fairy tale for years. And that part of me was like, well, where is he? If if he's supposed to find me, what the hell is taking so long? Is he blind? Is, is he directionally challenged? Did he get lost on I-10? What the hell is going on? What's taking so long for him to find me? Because we got to get this life kicked off. And then at about 37 years of age, with my biological clock ticking quite loudly, I realized he, whoever he was, wasn't going to arrive in enough time for me to have biological children. And I was mad. I was mad because I had bought into the fairy tale that I had been fed damn near since birth. I was mad because I had waited to do things the right way, you know, right, decent and in order, as my mother likes to say, by getting married first, then having children. I had waited on him to show up. Mr. Wright, the crucial, critical component to the equation, and that equation failed me. There wasn't going to be the happy ending that I had envisioned all my life. The picture that had been painted for me of that nuclear family with my children that I carried and gave birth to and a present partner and spouse of same said children. It just wasn't going to happen. So at that point, I decided, well, if I can't have both things, a husband and children, I would go for the one that I thought I could, quote unquote, control. I would try to have a child on my own. And for the sake of keeping this podcast episode more on the shorter side, I won't go into that journey. But suffice it to say, I mean, many of you know what a fertility journey can entail, even if you haven't gone through it yourself. But none of that was working for me. And the next step for me was IVF. And that's when I had to call a timeout and I had to step back to reassess my life and my personal goals because this was going to be a much more costly and intrusive endeavor for me to act on as a single woman to perform IVF with donor sperm and what I would also need, donor eggs. And I was mad all over again mad because waiting to do things the right way had cost me time, time that you don't have the luxury of when you are in your mid to late thirties. There was even a part of me that was mad at God because I had tried to do things the godly way, right? Waiting to be found by this man, where the hell is he? Then getting married, then having children and waiting to do things the right way cost me the dream. The formula had failed me. And all I could think was that the fairy tale was a fallacy, that the whole damn thing had been a setup, a lie, a fake bill of goods that society had sold to me. And I fell for it. I fell for it. And it cost me. It cost me dearly. So let me pull all of this together in a summary, you know, because it wasn't just me. As I said, it was (laughs) like I have a ton of friends of my generation who went through the same thing and who are in the same boat even now, even now, single and child-free and having come to terms with that, but that wasn't what they envisioned originally. That wasn't what we were told. That wasn't how we thought things would be. It wasn't the life that we signed up for. So we have to be conscious of how we're raising our children. Not just our girls, but also our boys. We have to be careful that we're not setting them up for a very narrow and prescriptive formula about what life needs to or should look like for them to be happy, successful, and fulfilled. Because what happens when the formula fails them? Like it did with me and hundreds of thousands of women from my generation. Because let me tell you, it's a hard and bitter pill to swallow when you follow the rules but you still get kicked out of the game. When you do what they told you to do, but you still don't get the prize and you don't know why. You don't know what happened. You don't know where things went off the rails. You don't know why God allowed some people to get married and have children, but you don't get to do either. And you have society constantly telling you, even now in the year of our Lord, 2023, that marriage and children are still the formula for true joy, success, and fulfillment. Now that's changing, and that's part of the reason I'm even doing this podcast, to help shed light on this growing segment of the U.S. population. But for many of us, hundreds of thousands of us, the damage caused by the fairy tale has already been done. It was Ralph Waldo Emerson who said, to be yourself in a world that's constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. It is a great accomplishment, but for many people, it is also the biggest battle of their life to be true to themselves and to live a life on their own terms, in their own way. As parents, grandparents, godparents, aunts, uncles, older cousins, what have you, let's not make life any harder for our children than it has to be by spinning fairy tales that don't always come true. So, you know, I always try to leave each episode with a mindset shift or a tangible action that you can take, something that will help propel you into personal growth, personal evolution, and I would leave you with this, with what I have said here. Let's be conscious of how we are raising our children, not with this one-size-fits-all formula or prescription, but let's leave it to them to define their own lives, to find their own identities, to define what will make them happy, what will give them true joy and fulfillment. Let's let them figure that out instead of giving them this prescription or this formula, this one-size-fits-all equation that is supposed to work for everyone, and it ends up not being the case at all. I call that the fallacy of the fairy tale. We fell for the fairy tale and it failed us. Okay, I will end today's episode there. I would love to hear from you guys, especially those of you who identify with any part of what I said, you know, of my generation, how we grew up, what we were told, the fairy tale. I would love to hear from you. So please leave some thoughts, leave some comments. Let me know what your story was. Let me know what you were told. Let me know how things worked out for you. Okay. I would love to hear from you on that. So tune in next time when I talk about the question, why are you still single? Perhaps you've been asked that in the past. I certainly know I have. So we're going to talk about that. And I'm going to tell you how I choose to answer that question. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning into the Stillworthy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. Share it with family and friends who would enjoy and benefit from these insightful and increasingly relevant conversations. Follow us on social media to connect with an amazing community of single child-free women and visit stillworthywomen.com to work with me, travel with me and other single child-free women and stay abreast of projects I'll be launching soon just for you. I hope today's topic encouraged you to view your lifestyle with a fresh, exciting, and empowering new perspective. And I can't wait to have you join me for the next episode. Until then, Remember that your life choices are valid, your journey is beautiful, and your worth is immeasurable.